are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Would you open your Bibles, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll read the very familiar verses 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <coughs> we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And those are the four points of the outline this morning, and I'll say just a few words about each one. First is, trouble, but not distressed. That's point one. Point two, perplexed, but not in despair. Point three, persecuted, but not forsaken. Point four, cast down, but not destroyed. Our Heavenly Father, I want to be a blessing so bad today. You said to Abraham, I will make thee a blessing. And dear Lord, I've received enough blessings, and occasionally, not enough, not often enough, but occasionally I've been a blessing. Just enough to know that receiving a blessing is pretty cheap compared with being a blessing. So I pray this morning that you'd help me to be a blessing and a help to these who soon will turn their cars toward home and leave this mountaintop of glory and experience and go back to the same battles and problems that we left a few days ago. In Jesus' name, help us. Amen. <coughs> Winston Churchill who was not perfect, but, whom I, but whose leadership and masculinity I admire very much, was asked when he became the great prime minister of England to return to his alma mater and bring an address to the student body. They introduced the great Winston Churchill, and he stood to speak, and this is what he said. Young people... Never, 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 never turn back. And he sat down. Brethren, could I take the form of an exhorter rather than a preacher for a while this morning and chat with you a minute? We've enjoyed in the last few years... Prosperity as fundamentalists, the lack of which we've never enjoyed in our lives before. Because of that enjoyment, we have prospered. We have built the biggest buildings in America. We have built the largest churches in America. We have the biggest Sunday schools in America. And we have the biggest budgets of all the churches in America. But as sure as I'm standing behind this pulpit... The gravy train is just about to come to a stop. 
The financial gold mines which we've been tapping have about gone dry. The finance companies from which we could borrow money have about all gone under. And we're not going to have the prosperity and the easy money that we've had. First place is, we're big enough now. We've caused enough attention across this nation to Uncle Sam is going to be after us. And everybody else. Now, it's not going to be as easy. I, I, I'm convinced, if I have any ability as a seer at all, I'm convinced the next 20 years will not be as easy as the last 20 years. Now, I want to just share with you four simple thoughts this morning <clears throat> about this matter of turning back. The Apostle Paul said, I am pressed, or I am troubled, but not distressed. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar. I took a couple of, couple of years of it in college. But I, I checked the words, these words, troubled but not distressed. And I found that they mean in the original language, I am pressed but not pinned. Pressed but not pinned. Now, if you know anything about wrestling, you know what I'm talking about. When I was a kid, my dad used to be a, a wrestler. He'd take me down to the sportatorium in Dallas where they had the wrestling events. And, uh, and I'd watch the wrestling, and Billy Edwards was my hero. He was the greatest wrestler of all to me. And Billy Edwards, of course, you know in wrestling, some of you ladies don't know this maybe, but in wrestling, uh, you, you, when you pin a fellow's shoulders to the, to the mat, then the referee goes, one, two, three. And that means you've lost the fall. You've been pinned. Now, if you get pinned to the mat, and the referee goes, one, uh, you, you don't lose the fall. You're still in the match. Or if he goes, one, two, you're still in the match. What the Apostle Paul said, he said, we are troubled but not distressed. What he said, the devil's got our shoulder down, and he's counted once, and he's counted twice, but he's not going to pin us. We are troubled but not distressed. We are pressed but not pinned. I'm talking to some preacher this morning who has enjoyed this conference except when you had to think about going home. And you know the burdens and heartaches, and we laugh on the outside, but we bleed on the inside. There are young men this morning in this building. A young man came to me a while ago, and he said, Last night I crossed over the river. I've got to go home and do some things I should have done. I've been compromising. I've got some decisions and plans I've got to carry out. I've got some things I must do in my church. Now, he won't have uh, Sam Rayburn singing so well in his church like he did this morning. He won't have the humor of, uh, of Jack Benny Elijah uh, as we heard this morning and the great message and truth we heard this morning. He is going to be there as far as he's concerned without Dr. Hiles and without Dr. Robertson. He has the same battles and heartaches he had when he left. I'm simply saying, men, as we go back to our places, of course we'll get pinned. And the devil will say, one, two. And as I used to say to Billy Edwards, I'd say, Billy, get your shoulder up. Billy, hey, Billy, get it up, get it up. One, hey, Billy, get it up, Billy. Two, get it up, Billy. And I say to you this morning, discouraged, though you might be, might be pressed once and twice, don't let the devil pin you. Stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. Don't you learn the word quit. Hiles Anderson College, we opened our, our session this year. The first thing we did in the first, first assembly, first chapel, I stood before the student body. 
And I said, I want you to, I want you to get, go, go back to your rooms and get your dictionaries. And I want you to get you a pair of scissors. I want you to turn to the word quit. I want you to cut it out. Cut it out! Cut it out! I don't want the word quit in any dictionary on Hiles Anderson College campus. I haven't had the word quit in my study in years. Every dictionary I buy, the first thing I do is turn to two words and cut it out. One is the word quit, and the other is the word compromise. It's easy to find them. They both start with a K, so you can cut them out at the same time. Remember, brethren, it was after he denied our Lord that Peter preached the great Pentecostal sermon. Remember, it was after Jonah had gone away from God and been swallowed by the whale that he preached the great revival in Nineveh. Remember, it was after Jacob had tricked his brother Esau from his birthright and the blessing of the Father that he came and was called the Prince of God. Remember, brethren, it was after Abraham had lied about Sarah while he was in Egypt that he became the friend of God and the father of the faithful. Remember, brethren, it was after John Mark had turned back at Pamphylia that he became the great writer of one of the, one of the four Gospels and a friend and comforter of the Apostle Paul on his missionary journeys. I'm simply saying because you've been pressed once, you're not pinned yet. Because you've been pressed twice, you're not pinned yet. Don't quit. Don't quit. My boy David was five years of age. I bought two bare boxing gloves. I want to teach Dave not to quit. I, I, I hate the word quit. I tell the students at Hiles Anderson, when you quit, if you quit school, don't you come and tell me goodbye. Crawl out of town in the sewer line, but don't come by my office and tell me goodbye. I don't like a quitter. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Never. 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 Turn back. I bought a pair of boxing gloves for David, who was five, and got a seven-year-old boy across the street and uh, weighed about 20 pounds more than Dave, and I got a pair of boxing gloves for him. I went down to the basement of, my, of our house and, and made me a, a, a boxing ring. And I got put boxing gloves on David and put them on the boy across the street, and I got me a saucepan and a spoon for a bell. And I called the, the gladiators out in the middle of the ring. And I said, now, men, we're going to have a three-round boxing match, two minutes to the round. It's going to be three rounds or until somebody gets knocked out. And so I said, go to your corners, may the best man win. I knew who the best man was, seven, two years older and 20 pounds heavier. I wanted my boy to feel what the feeling is of getting the snot beat out of you. I wanted my boy to know what it was to get hit right in the middle of the puss where you cry whether you're sad or not. It knocks the tears out of you. And I rang the bell with that saucepan and that spoon, and the old Dave came out with his guard up. <coughs> this little seven-year-old boy, 20 pounds heavier, hit him right, right in the middle of the beak. Dave turned around to me and said, Dad, Dad, I don't want to fight. I want to quit. I said, you listen to me. As long as you bear the name Hiles, you'll not be a quitter. I'll not let you carry my name and be a quitter. I said, you're going to fight till you get now till the fight is over, three rounds of two minutes each, or, you're, uh, or until you get knocked out. I'll never forget it. Dave looked around and said, Dad, how do you get knocked out? <laughs> I said, son, you're doing a good job. You're going right down the trail right now, right now. Oh, let me tell you something. Anybody can quit. Anybody can turn back. Don't quit. Don't quit. Press, but not then. There's a second statement the apostles have made here, and that is he said perplexed. 
but not in despair. That also is an athletic term. I checked it out. It means something like this. There's no hole in the line, but make one. There's no hole in the line, but make one. Like that bruising fullback that comes the line and nobody's this and, and everybody's there. He just goes on through till nobody's there. Just make one. Old Joe Boyd used to be the tackle for Jar and John Kimbrough, the great pullback of Texas A&M. Joe Boyd used to line up, he said, across from the tackle, defensive tackle. He'd look at him and say, I don't know. He said, I'm going to tell, tell you the play we just called in the huddle. John Kimbrough's coming right through where we are. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm getting out here as fast as I can. I advise you to do the same. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All you have to do is follow. Man, we got the best blocking back and the best running guard in the whole business. You don't find a way. Make a way. We look at Lee Robertson. Admire him. I admire him more than he'll ever know and thank God for him more than he'll ever know. We look at him and with this optimism, no, he never complains. Then wonder who he goes to when he has a burden. One of his deacons gets cattywampus. Cattywampus is a Greek word. It means griping all the time. Wonder when one of his deacons gets cattywampus. Wonder what happens. Wonder where he goes. We look at him with his optimism. And this is it and that's right and let's go forward. We don't remember, however, too often that he had a little girl named Joy who was taken in death one time. And he faced the wall, but he found a hole and went through it. And now there's a Camp Joy that's had thousands of children born again. We look at Dr. John Rice and uh, what a giant for God he's been in our age. We don't remember that at six years of age his mother said goodbye to him, went on to heaven, and he had to sort of grow up himself. We look at Dr. Bill Rice, whose, whose wife Kathy just had cancer surgery a few days ago. And uh, Dr. Bill Rice, with all this wit and humor, we don't remember much that his little, that his little, little daughter, uh, when she was just about three or four years of age, uh, had a high fever and her, her hearing was taken from her. And uh, from that came the great Bill Rice Ranch. We, don't, we look at Dr. Hudson. I don't think we stop to realize all the suffering and pain that man's been through with his body. I'm simply, listen, listen, there are two types of preachers. One is an old-fashioned hellfire brimstone preacher that turns back and doesn't amount to anything. There's one that comes to the wall. He just won't quit. He just won't be stopped. He just keeps on. I teach my young people, be winners, be winners, be winners, be winners. Don't quit. Stay in the battle. Be winners. My boy Dave and I are watching them. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little sick and tired of, of teaching our kids, be good losers. I don't think anybody ought to be a good loser. Good night. We need winners in America. You, you, you ladies, God bless you. I'm glad we have you, and I don't know where it'd be without you, but you, you, you said that, Junior, you be a good loser. You be a good loser. Why don't you just shut your mouth and let us teach him about whether we're going to lose or not? You just cook for him and, and, uh, and clean his house, but don't you ever be a good loser. Good night! We lost Vietnam War because we trained a generation of good losers, good losers, good losers. David and I are watching a tennis match one day on television. And all of a sudden, the match was over, and the guy on this side over here lost. And here's what he did. He jumped across the, the net like this, and pulled on as he went. <laughs> jumped across the net like that, 
And he looks at the guy that beat him and reached out and shook his hand and said, Congratulations! Then he said, Dad, I don't think I could do that. He said, Dad, if I ever get sick and lose, what do you think I ought to do? I said, if you ever lose a tennis match, I said, you, 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 you jump across the net and get your racket and collar him. That's what you do. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You got problems back home? You don't know how you're going to make it through? Make it through. Make it through. Make it through. Make it through. Never. 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 Turn back. There's a third statement the Apostle made here. Falling behind, it says, persecuted but not forsaken. Paul was athletic in his makeup. Now check this out, and it means falling behind but not quitting. Where it says, persecuted but not forsaken. It likens the Christian life to a race. Here's a fellow who gets behind and he's way behind the race, but he just keeps on. He won't quit. I recall when I was in the paratroopers in World War II, I didn't make any jumps. I was kicked out 19 times. Somebody asked me how many night jumps I made, and I said, they're all night jumps. My eyes were shut every time I jumped out. But I, uh, I can recall the first day we had to run a mile, the second day two miles without a break, third day three miles, fourth day four miles. Until the tenth day, we ran ten miles with parrot with boots on, without it, without stopping. Ten miles, no break at all. Now the last day wasn't so bad because we were in good shape by then. But that first day to run a mile with boots on, up and down hills, counting cadence much of the way, I can recall that uh, I, I got sick that morning, and and during the run I began to throw up. I mean, I was, I was actually running and throwing up as a, I wanted to be a paratrooper. I did not want to wash out. I had to be a paratrooper. I must be a paratrooper. I ran, and finally, about a hundred yards from the finish line, I fainted. I fell out in my own vomit. I was lying there, unconscious. I was awakened by a sergeant kicking me in the side. He said, Soldier, when we fall down in this outfit and can't run anymore, we crawl. I wanted to be a paratrooper. I got on my hands and knees. I couldn't run, but I crawled a hundred yards in my own vomit. Why? My mother taught me not to quit. That's why. Oh, don't you quit. Don't you. I know the burdens are many. I've wept over. I get calls every day and letters, and I've looked at you as I've as I've sat up here on the pulpit and looked out across this great sea of faces and, and seen the men who've called me, and I know some of your burdens. I feel, in a sense, like in many cases, I'm like, I feel like a pastor toward many of you, especially you younger preachers. I know some of your burdens. I know your heartaches. I know the, what, the battles you're fighting. I know what you have to face when you get home. But let me say, be pressed, but don't be pinned. Be uh, fine, have no way, but find a way. And fall behind if it needs be, but don't quit. I'm an athletic nut. I love sports. I read the sport page every day, every word of it. I, if I see a couple of beetles running a race, I mark one, to one, put a one on one's back and a two on the other and pull for one of them. I love athletics. 
One of my heroes in the athletic field is, is the mile runner Jim Ryan. Back in the Olympics, Jim Ryan had, had run in, uh, in Mexico City, and because of the altitude, he had come in second place. And a man who was young man, he was clean, not a fundamental Baptist, but was a clean, moral man, young man. He began to train for four long years. He trained to work his way back up and win the Olympic mile. He was running in the preliminary <laughs> race to qualify for the finals. Something happened. Somebody stepped on his heel, or he stepped on their heel, and he was knocked off his feet. The thing for which he had fought, and the thing for which he had dreamed for four years, and there it crumbled because of being tripped on the track. I was sitting in a motel room in, in um, um, Tennessee, Kingsport, Tennessee, and looked, and I saw, I pulled for him. I was pulling for him, and I saw him lying on the track. The fellow that tripped over him, or with him, whom he tripped, he just quit the race. But Jim Ryan got up and wiped himself off and looked and saw the people ten, uh, tens of yards ahead of him. He knew he couldn't win the race. He knew he couldn't get the gold medal, but he could finish the race. Jim Ryan got up and he ran last and kept on running and kept on running. And I got up in the motel room and said, Yay! 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 He fell behind, but he wouldn't stop. He wouldn't quit. Never, 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 never turn back. Fall behind, but didn't quit. Number four, it says, Paul says, Not only was I troubled and not distressed, or pressed but not penned, perplexed but not in despair, or no way but found one, Persecuted but not forsaken, or falling behind but not quitting, but he said, cast down but not destroyed. <laughs> and I looked that up, and brother, there's no way to get around it. It means knocked down but not knocked out. Anybody here follow the Notre Dame game last week? I shouted all night long Saturday night. I didn't hear it or see it, but I heard the score at halftime, just for halftime, 24 to nothing. Man, to me, to me, a revival meeting is composed of three things. Muhammad Ali getting knocked out, Joe Namath being out for the season, and Notre Dame not winning a single football game for a whole year. Man alive, those fellows scored 49 points in the last half. I mean, first half, 24 to nothing. They scored right before the half, six points, 24 to six behind against Notre Dame. Who's going to beat Notre Dame after being behind at the half, 24 to six? Oh, you will! A fellow who won't quit! That's the kind of fellow who will do it. Knocked down, but not knocked out. I was out in Denver, Colorado. One of the cutest things and sweetest things I ever saw happen. I rented a car, was driving to the airport, or speaking, I looked over a vacant lot across the street, almost downtown, and saw two kids fighting. They just started, just just taking off their sweaters and, and laying into each other. One little kid ran against the other guy, and he hit him like that, knocked him down, blood squirted all over his face. Kid got up, staggered, came back in again, the guy hit him again. Kid wiped up blood off his brown, sweat off, and got his... Bitches all uh, dust off his bitches and got up and came back the third time and got hit the third time. I saw that kid knocked down seven times. 
You say, why didn't you stop it? Because I enjoy a good fight. That's why I didn't stop it. And uh, <clears throat> finally, after seven times he was laying on, lying on the ground like that, bloody, he tried to get up and could hardly get up and got himself on a tree and tried to pull himself up. I said, hell! I got out of the car and ran over and I said, hell, you cut it out, fellas. And the fellow said, don't stop it, mister. But it wasn't the fellow who was winning that, don't, that said, don't stop it. It was a fellow who'd been knocked down seven times. I said, men, you'll be killed if I don't stop this fight. He said, mister, he said, you understand, it takes me a while to get my second wind. He said, whenever I get my second wind, forgive the language, I'm going to beat the devil out of him. I went back and got in the car. And he got his second win, and he beat the D-E-V-I-L out of that kid. As I drove off, he had his hand, he had one foot on the ground and one foot on the belly of that big gladiator like this, and had one hand like this and the other like this. As I drove off, he went... I'm talking to some fellows this morning who could be Lee Robertsons if you won't quit. There were young men back yonder when I started preaching almost 30 years ago. There were young men who had as much talent as we had, who had as much ability as we had, who could preach as well or better than we do. Only one different. Bless God, we got up and 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 got up. And we said, we're going to get our second win. We're going to beat the devil out of the devil. That's what we said. Don't quit. Never, 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 never. Turn back. I grew up at the knees. The sweetest person I ever met. Anybody that knows me knows that my dad was an alcoholic. He left our home and left mother and me to sort of grow up together. When my mother was eight years of age, her mother died. For nine years, she cooked and kept house for her father and two brothers. Eight years of age, she was a housekeeper, a cook. She was knocked down, but she got up. When she was 17, she got married. She married a drunkard. She was knocked down again, but she got up. In a year's time, they had a baby. They soon realized that little baby would never walk or talk. For seven years, Laureen lived. She never said, Mommy. She never said, Daddy. Now the lady who had her mother died eight and had to cook in poverty and keep house in poverty for a father and two brothers who married a drunkard at 17, now is the mother of an afflicted child at 18. 
who will never walk or talk. She lay, laid in the bed for seven years. She never said, Mommy. She never said, Daddy. At 25, she followed a hearse out to Babyland in a little graveyard in Italy, Texas, and buried little Laureen beneath the sod. Knocked down, but not knocked out. God gave her another girl, healthy, beautiful. When Hazel was seven, she had the measles. She got well, they thought, and then she had a relapse. And suddenly she looked up at my mother and said, Mommy, I feel like I'm going up in the air to be with Jesus. It was gone. Once again, they, she followed the hearse out to baby land, and right beside Lorene's grave is a little grave for Hazel, both of them seven years of age when they died. She went back home to another empty bed. Knocked down, but not knocked out. Depression came, took the little grocery store that mother and dad owned. Dad had turned to women and wine and song. For 12, 12 years, my mother didn't wear a new dress. She didn't get a new pair of shoes or a new hat for 12 years. She worked for 50 cents a day in a cafeteria of an of a elementary school and walked two miles a day there and two miles home. Knocked down, but not knocked out. I've seen her pray down bread from heaven. I've seen her pray down manna from God. Thanksgiving Day, 1932, we had one fried potato. I saw her bow her head and thank God for it and said, Oh, God, feed my boy, feed my boy. And all of a sudden, while she was praying, somebody knocked on the door and said, Thanksgiving basket from Fernwood Baptist Church. While I ate turkey, a turkey dinner with all the trimmings, my mother took off her shoes and danced around the table and shouted praises and blessing to God. Knocked down, but not knocked out. Then depression came, and it wasn't long till my dad left. He left my mother to rear me. In poverty in the depression days, knocked down, but not knocked out. I go to see Mother every Thursday night. That's Mama's Mama's night. You know where I go? I want to be someplace in the world where I'm not Dr. Hiles. I'm just Jack. I called Dr. Robertson one day, and he was at his mother's house in Louisville. I called Louisville, and, and, and his mother said, Hello. I said, Is Dr. Lee Robertson there? She said, Just a minute. She said, Hey, Lee! I said to myself, good night, he'll kill her. <clears throat> the other Thursday night, I was over at Mother's house. We were sort of cuddling up and making love to each other like we do. And my mother said, son, God's been so good to me. Mother will be 87 next week. She said, God's been so good to me. She said, I'm so grateful to God. I got to live to see your ministry. My mind wandered back to her mother's grave and the drunkard husband and Lorraine's grave and Hazel's grave. Mama, the reason God's blessed you is because you never would stay down. Past, but not ten. No way, but she always found a way. Fell behind, but always finished the race. Knocked down, but never knocked out. 
She used to say to me when I was a boy, son, you meant, I thought about this morning. She said, this Bible is the Word of God. Say it. I'd say, Mama, the Bible is the Word of God. She'd say, say it again. Every night I said it. The Bible is the Word of God. Say it again. The Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is about Jesus, and He's the Son of God. Say it. Jesus is the Son of God. Say it again. Jesus is the Son of God. Say it again. Jesus is the Son of God. She said, don't you ever, ever, ever let anybody shake your faith in the fact that this book is God's book, and Jesus Christ is God's son ever I represented fundamentalists a few years ago in a debate with a liberal for Christian Life magazine three of us I represented fundamentalists Dr. Ford of Garrett Seminary represented liberals professor from Wheaton College represented the pussyfooters halfway in between we finished the debate Dr. Ford, the liberal, met me outside after it was over and said, Dr. Hiles, he said, you're, you're not a dumb fella. What's your IQ? I said, I'm not sure. The Army said it was 141. He said, I thought you had a good IQ. He said, could you tell me, Dr. Hiles, how in the world a young man with your intelligence could still believe the Bible is the Word of God? How? I said, because I'm scared of Mama. And I said, if you'd had a mama like mine, you wouldn't be a heathen infidel today either. May I say this to you, and I know your heart is broken, many of you, and I know the thought of turning that car homeward and going back to burdens and problems that you left, I know it's almost harder than you can bear. Let me say, while you're home, you get home. You face the battles, you face the opposition. Where's the money coming from? How can we build? What will I do with that deacon when you face the battle? Don't forget, a little old hellfire and brimstone country preacher stood up and said these words. Be pressed, but don't be pinned. If you have no way, find a way. If you fall behind, finish the race. If you're knocked down, don't be knocked out. Never, never. Never, 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 never turn back. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.